Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome everyone again for, uh, to our second episode of Meet the, the Master podcast with our dear uh, professor, uh, Professor Dr. Abdul Fattah Al-Asfar. Uh, welcome Dr. Abdul Fattah. We are always happy to have you with us. Thank you, Usama. I am always happy also to be with you. Uh, thank you very much for your uh, uh, for your time. And uh, today we are discussing another uh, important topic of uh, heart failure. And uh, today we are, we will talk about the four pillars or the fantastic four or the quadruple therapy of the heart failure. Uh, and our main theme is which early and which late. Uh, so, Dr. let's start uh, uh, with a general question about the uh, the four pillar therapy for heart failure. What's unique about uh, this uh, four pillars or four groups of, of drugs in patients with heart failure? Yeah, uh, thank you, Osama, for the question. Uh, what is important about the four pillars is that uh, uh, we have strong evidence that these four pillars increase the uh, favorable outcome in heart failure patients. They reduce mm -hmm. the mortality, they reduce the heart failure hospitalization by uh, very good uh, evidence. So, uh, and these are the, the maximum four medications that achieved the best evidence to improve the outcome in heart failure patients, especially uh, heart failure with reduced ejection fraction. Those are patients with uh, uh, heart failure and the ejection fraction is below 40 percent. Uh, 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 so, giving those four pillars to heart failure patients, you achieve the best available uh, outcome, uh, the best available uh, evidence and outcome for those patients. So, this is important. This does not mean that these are the only medication we are using in heart failure, but this means these are the top four medications that are essential for heart failure patients to be uh, used to improve uh, uh, the outcome of this uh, uh, bad uh, uh, syndrome. Yeah, actually, Dr. Afetah, this is my second question. Are these four pillars sufficient alone in a patient with heart failure? No, of course, they are not sufficient alone. Uh, we need other medications, but uh, uh, when we see four pillars, mean the uh, the drugs that we have evidence, clear clinical trials, well-designed clinical trials that prove benefits. We have many other medications which we use for heart failure, but with less evidence. Either with less evidence because uh, uh, the trials was not that significant like, uh, like this medication, or because we didn't have we don't have a, a clinical trial because of ethics. For example, Lasix or, or, or Frosomide. Frosomide, sometimes we will call it the fifth pillar. Uh, it's, it's very essential for patients who are having, uh, uh, who are having uh, uh, volume overload. We cannot neglect the importance of Lasix, uh, but we don't have well-designed trials that show Lasix versus no Lasix. So mm -hmm. that's why we that's why we didn't include it in the uh, 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 as a fifth pillar. Also, there are other medications also which have uh, which are second line therapies. For example, we have hydrolysis um, uh, nitrate combination. This uh, this medicine is very important in patients with uh, who cannot tolerate the uh, the renal angiotensin system blockers for many reasons like renal failure, like hyperkalemia, uh, uh, or, or even in in uh, in black population, uh, there is evidence that this medication work well. Hydrolysin uh, nitrate uh, combination. Uh, also, the joxin 
For example, uh, uh, this medicine also can be used to improve the quality of life of certain patients, and uh, even uh, in patients with atrial fibrillation can be used to reduce the heart rate. And uh, uh, also there are some new medications also with, uh, with some evidence that has been uh, uh, introduced recently in practice, like, for example, uh, 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 guanylate cyclase stimulator, like very cigarette, also has some uses in, uh, in, in heart failure patient. Uh, mm -hmm. Another medicine is under war, uh, under uh, 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 certification uh, by the health authorities, omicaptive mecarbol. Uh, uh, this is a, a heart rate reducing agent, can have some evidence also in heart failure. Uh, many other medications also like uh, uh, anticoagulation for DVT prophylaxis, um, any medications for, uh, for the etiology like ischemic heart disease, coronary artery disease, also device therapy, uh, advanced therapies. So there are a lot of big, big, huge, huge platform for, uh, for, the, for, for the treatment of heart failure. But when we say four pillar, we mean uh, the most evidence-based medications. Sometimes we'll okay. call them disease-modifying agent. Sometimes we'll call them uh, 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 guideline-directed medical therapies because the, 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 they have very good evidence, very good design, the clinical trials, and the clear evidence in terms of heart and minds, especially uh, cardiovascular death and uh, heart failure hospitalization reduction. Okay, let me ask about certain uh, drugs that um, is uh, widely available and widely used uh, in heart failure patients, like, uh, for example, Evabradine. What do you think in uh, such a drug in patients with heart failure and uh, somewhat uh, slightly high heart rate? Do you think it's maybe a beneficial for a patient with chronic heart failure? It's a very, uh, thank you very much, Uthama, that you remind me by Evabradine. This is also a very important medicine outside the, the idea of four pillar. Uh, uh, this medicine also uh, uh, is a heart rate reducing agent. It works only on the uh, SA node. It reduces heart rate by reducing it by blocking the F channel in the in the SA node. Uh, so uh, uh, heart rate has been emerged for a time as a target in heart failure therapy. So uh, uh, it, 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 there is one study, the shift uh, heart failure study, which uh, has been published. Uh, in 2010 and showed benefit of evabradine in patient with persistent uh, increase in the heart rate after achieving the target dose of beta blocker or in patient who are not tolerant to beta blocker and their heart rate remain uh, higher than 70. Okay. So in those kind of patients, if we added evabradine either on top of beta blocker or in those who are not tolerating beta blocker, and there is good evidence that this medicine also improved the outcome of especially, especially heart failure uh, hospitalization. The mortality okay. was very modest. Uh, the mortality benefit was very modest in the shift study. So the main benefit was in reduction of heart failure hospitalization. And also there is good evidence about improving the uh, reverse remodeling, especially in patients with non-ischemic cardiomyopathy. So uh, this medicine has a role in heart failure therapy especially in patients who are not tolerating a beta blocker. And uh, if on top of beta blocker, if the heart rate, we feel to achieve heart rate lower than 70 p per minute. 
this is the sector of indication of everybreeding. So it's a, a second, second after the beta blocker. That's one it of should the, be after uh, the beta blocker. Okay. It should, it should okay. never be, should never be before the beta blocker. This is after the beta blocker, or as a first line, if the patient is not tolerating the beta blocker for any, blocker. for any other reason. Mm. Uh, other drugs like the trimetazidine or the nitrates alone, uh, there's some uh, uh, physician or st still prescribing such a medication for patient with a pure heart failure without any ischemic origin. There is no evidence about the benefit of these medications in heart failure, either uh, nitrate alone, just, they only might improve the symptoms of dyspnea, but they don't have any evidence about long-term outcome. Uh, also, uh, the same for trimetazidine. There is no evidence for any long-term outcome in patient with heart failure. They might have a role in patient with a stable with a stable coronary artery disease, but they don't have any role in uh, heart failure therapy. Okay. So returning to our uh, main topic, the four pillars. Uh, how to start these four pillars? Is, is which is the best the best strategy to start them in parallel or? Uh, with some sequence, do you recommend for start, starting such medication before pillars? We uh, we've always been asked this question, and uh, um, uh, it's not a matter of what uh, what is what is better, either to go parallel or to go sequential. Uh, the most important part is to go to reach the maximum tolerated dose of the four medication as soon as possible. This is the main important. Uh, this is the main important point. Uh, we prefer to go by the parallel approach. So you go by the uh, four pillars in small doses, and then you go titrate one by one to the maximum, uh, and you see the patient frequently and until you reach the maximum tolerated dose for all the medications. If the patient, uh, is especially with some population like patient on the hypotensive side, uh, patient with borderline kidneys, we might uh, we might opt to go with uh, with sequential uh, introduction of this medication. So you can introduce two medication at first, then you introduce the second medication after one or two weeks, and so on. This is a, this is a, one of the approaches. This is the most important is to try to reach the uh, 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 the full introduction of the four medication and to reach the maximum tolerated dose of the uh, four medication as early as possible. Before we used to we, we used to say uh, six weeks to three months uh, the period of up titration, but now with the new evidence and the, because of the early benefits that we see in the uh, early widening of the curve with most of this medication, sometimes we see the widening of the curve starting after two weeks in many medication like like Arni and like uh, SGLT2 inhibitor. So so it's better to initiate early the, these medications and to titrate them also as early as possible as the patient is tolerating, uh, as the patient is tolerating them. So now we can say uh, 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 you can finish the titration even in less than six weeks, even in four weeks. And there is one okay. study published recently, uh, uh, I think the, uh, the response heart failure study, yeah, the response heart failure study uh, 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 show that early titration of this medication, even finishing the titration in two weeks after discharge from acute heart failure uh, admission uh, is beneficial than late titration in six weeks or three months. So uh, I'm not saying this can apply for every patient because as the end, you should individualize and you should respect the phenotyping of every patient because as the end, there are 
big sector of heart failure patient who will not tolerate uh, many of these medications. And I will give you example. Uh, in the paradigm heart failure study, they uh, recruited 10,000 patients, uh, and at the end, they succeeded only to randomize 8,000 patients. So 2,000 patients out of 10 means about 20%. Uh, at, uh, they were not able to tolerate either of the medications, either ACE inhibitors or ARNI. So at the end, we have big sector of those patients, maybe 20%, maybe 30%, who will not tolerate uh, uh, one of these medications, or even we might have sector of those patients who may not tolerate any of these medications, because at the end, we have patients with advanced heart failure, who are always on the hypotensive side, who are who, who usually having a kind of moderate or severe uh, kidney dysfunction with uh, with associated hyperkalemia. So uh, those kind of patients will not tolerate any of these medications or might tolerate a small dose of some of these medications. And those are the patients who uh, will be considered for advanced uh, heart failure therapies like, like CRTD, like uh, LVAD, left ventricular assisted devices, like heart transplant. Uh, uh, so at the end, not every patient will, but the majority, I can say, Clearly, the majority of heart failure patients, half rift patients, will tolerate these medications to some extent, and good sector of them may be 20 to 30 percent, depending on the the practice. Your practice, depending on the level of the clinic you are running, uh, uh, will not tolerate these medications due to variable uh, reasons. Okay, but regarding the example you uh, you showed us, Dr. Fattah, in a patient with relative hypotension, uh, how in which uh, order would you start the four pillars? Uh, if there is a certain order to start the four pillars? Yeah, if the patient is, is, is on the hypotensive side uh, or uh, borderline kidney function, uh, I, I always like uh, to prefer the sequential approach on those patients. So uh, I, I, my, my practice now is to, uh, is, this is not an evidence-based practice, but this is from the expert okay. opinion. Many expert okay. opinion have, uh, have uh, advised us about that, and we noted it in our practice. We can initiate beta blocker and SGLT2 inhibitor as a first step, uh, and then you delay the initiation of RAS blockers or ARNI, uh, 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 ARNI and MRA at a later step. Uh, two to three weeks, four weeks after that, uh, this is, might be more tolerable than initiating grass blockers together with beta blocker MRA at the same time. So this for patient with uh, with hypotension or uh, m some renal impairment who cannot tolerate introducing the four pillars at one time. Okay, but there is no evidence regarding either the sequential or the parallel approach. We have no evidence no, for the short There is no head-to-head head comparison by these approaches uh, uh, other than uh, the response study uh, that's published recently, which showed the, uh, not the not, not the versus the sequential, but the aggressive approach versus the classic approach, which might take up to three months. So the aggressive approach, which might take two weeks after discharge, showed benefit uh, 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 in comparison with the uh, conservative approach, which will take six to three, six weeks to three months. So this is the, the only study published recently comparing aggressive versus conservative uh, titration of this medication. 
Okay. Uh, and so in, in, in our practice and in our clinics here in Egypt, uh, do you think the ARBs or the ACE inhibitor uh, plus the other three pillars can be sufficient uh, if we are looking uh, about the price of the army and uh, these issues uh, here, can ARBs or, or ACE inhibitor be sufficient or the benefit of these drugs can be comparable with the uh, with the army uh, if we are looking from the, uh, the financial uh, issues or the financial problem of the patients? Look, uh, uh, the weight of evidence about army versus ACE is clear. Army mm -hmm. are better than ACE. No doubt about okay. that. The paradigm okay. heart pillar study is a landmark study, a clear study, clear results uh, have been uh, 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 yani confirmed in many real life uh, observational studies. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the, uh, the evidence is even more than double. The benefit is more than double. The, you know, the consensus and solved studies of the ACE inhibitors hardly showed. 16 to 18% benefit in terms of uh, hard endpoints uh, uh, reduction. Added to them in the paradigm another 20%. So uh, we have total okay. of about 38% relative risk reduction of cardiovascular death uh, and heart hospitalization by using ARNI. So there is no okay. doubt that ARNI are better than ACE uh, inhibitor. I always say uh, ACE inhibitor are the, weak, the weakest the weakest, um, the weakest one in this uh, uh, guideline of medical therapies in terms of uh, reduction of endpoints. And even weaker than, uh, even weaker than MRA, weaker than okay. beta blocker, weaker than SGLT2 inhibitor. So okay. uh, it's out of discussion that ARNI is preferred over ACE inhibitor. But uh, when it comes to co, even cost effective, even cost-effective than ACE inhibitor because of the prevention of days of hospitalization and the prevention of mortality. But mm -hmm. if the patient really cannot afford, then what, what we can do? You don't have other option. So you can give the cheap medications, uh, ACE inhibitors plus other, plus other pillars. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, you need to to activate uh, if you have uh, like uh, 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 authorities that can help patient to to secure this medication like insurance like uh, like charities like uh, co-payment like uh, 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 pharmaceutical companies patient uh, 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 affordability plans by different way uh, even samples even samples we should do our effort to secure this medication for the patient. But if everything is blocked, we cannot do this, then use ACE inhibitor. Use ACE okay. inhibitor plus uh, the other three pillars uh, uh, after exhausting all other uh, ways to secure the medication for the patient. Okay. Uh, one of the most common problems that faced a physician who was treating a patient with heart failure is the problem of hypotension that occur after starting the four pillars. Uh, if such a problem occurred with the patient, the patient was okay, a good blood pressure, and after starting uh, the uh, the four pillars, he started to have a hypo uh, hypotension, and the patient is symptomatically saying, "I am drowsy, I feel fatigued due to the hypotension." Uh, in which order we should start to stop or decrease the doses of the four pillars? This is an excellent uh, question. Uh, first of all, don't look to the four pillars. Number one, look at other medications other than the four pillar. For example, okay. I, I see many patients in my practice using nitrate without use. They are okay. not symptomatic, they are not, you don't have angina, and so, so 
routinely used, especially in Egypt, nitrates in every cardiac prescription, even without need. So number one, uh, stop this medication. Stop nitrates if not needed. Stop uh, calcium channel blocker. Amlodipine very commonly prescribed in those patients. Stop it. Uh, sometimes I saw even alpha blockers are being described okay. on those patients to stop them. So this is this, this is step number one. Step number two, look at the diuretics. If the patient does not need the big dose of Lasix or whatever, decrease it. And sometimes we we hold it, we stop it. And the best helper to you as a clinical hint in this regard is the probane B, any two probane B. If you are using the any two probane B, uh, it will help you uh, to, to exactly grade the functional cells of the patient. So if the BNB is normal or approaching normal, this means the patient is not volume overloaded. So why to give him heavy dose of Lasix and compromising the blood pressure? So this is number two. Number two, look at the diuretic dose. Cut it or, or stop it. Okay. If after all these, still the patient is hypotensive, then uh, uh, you, you, you may start to cut the, uh, uh, the, uh, the four pillars, uh, but make sure that this patient is not approaching the advanced stage. Because if the patient is not tolerating evidence-based therapies, this is the first alarm that this patient is in the advanced stage and he might need advanced therapies like CRT, like LVAD, like heart transplant. Um, uh, if you want to start by cutting some medications, they always keep beta blocker and, uh, and the SGL2 to the end. The last okay. to be, as, as I always say, the, the, the first to think about and the last to remove. The first to think about in borderline patient. In, okay. in, in tolerating a patient, you introduce the four pillar and bellers. you keep the four pillar. Okay. In the borderline cases on the hypotensive or, or, or poor kidney, the early to start beta blocker SCG LT2 inhibitor for the overwhelming benefit, and the least to uh, the last to remove are these medications. So you can start by decreasing the MRA, cutting it to half. Stopping it completely, then go to the intresto, cut it to half, stop it completely if the patient is still very symptomatic, and then go for the uh, uh, for the beta blocker and uh, and SGLT2 inhibitor. Make sure that the hypotension is symptomatic or not symptomatic, because many of half ref patients tolerate lower blood pressure. Many okay. of half ref patients tolerate blood pressure of 80s, 90s. You see the patient cardiomyopathy ejection fraction 20-25%, blood pressure 80-85, and he's enjoying good quality of life. So why you stop the evidence-based therapies? So we always say symptomatic hypotension. This is the opposite to half PEF patient. Half PEF patient don't tolerate this lower blood pressure. And I don't advise, I don't advise to go down by the blood pressure to this level in half PEF patient. But in half ref sometimes. So step number one, look for other uh, medication that of no need. Step number two, look at the diuretic dose. Step number three, look at the, the uh, symptoms. Step number step number four and the last step, think about, uh, sorry, step number four, think about advanced stage. Stage number five, start to cut the evidence-based therapies. So the last step is to start to think about cutting the evidence-based therapies. Okay, but uh, some physician advise the patient to use the uh, Tristo or the uh, the Arnie in uh, in half uh, half pill. They divide the pill. 
the company uh, they have no spe specific recommendation or they uh, do not advise this practice do you think it's uh, something that we can do I, I i i i will be honest with you i spent most of my early practice against this kind of practice in the first two okay. three years of using Arnie, I was uh, going by the 50, the 100, and then the 200. But okay. later in my practice, I found that using the 25 milligram BID dose and going by 25 by 25, sometimes looks reasonable for some patients. And many patients really did succeed with them. So now I, I, I can say, we don't have evidence 100%. I know the manufacturer didn't recommend that, but in our practice, it might work with some patients. So if the patient, especially those patients, very vulnerable, patient to boost admission in the hypotensive side, you can initiate them by 25 BID uh, interest. No, no problem with that. Okay. Uh, is there any role for the alpha stimulant drugs to increase the blood pressure before cutting the, uh, the evidence-based uh, drugs? For many years, for many years, we in the heart failure community were against this. But recently, there was some, exactly since 2020, uh, 2021, uh, and it might be a little bit earlier, there are few scattered studies that show that adding this medication like midodrine, especially midodrine, can help in many ways, uh, especially patients with the advanced heart failure, patients who are in this stage, no okay. other option for them. Uh, in my practice, for example, patients who are need for dialysis, they are always hypotensive. You cannot do anything for them to raise their blood pressure. So I give them mododrine uh, to help with their blood pressure in this aspect. So it's a very restricted group of patients and should be by expert. Not everyone okay. prescribed mododrine for, uh, for every heart failure hypotensive patient. Uh, I mean, patients who are really in need for a blood pressure in the range of 90 or 100 for many reasons like mm. uh, like, uh, like like especially dialysis uh, uh, especially severe symptoms like severe orthostatic dizziness is that mm. that compromising is the quality of life then you can use uh, this medicine but to be honest i don't have any uh, uh, justification to use it if you are using medication like Interesto or uh, or or or, or RASP blockers, whatever is or ARB, so uh, I, I, I myself don't use medodrine to optimize the use of uh, of Arnie. This is using medodrine is a later step in my practice. This means the patient okay. is not tolerating Arnie, and I want more blood pressure for sit for other reasons, not to use Arnie. Okay. Okay. So uh, for the uh, last question, I'm just uh, want to give you, Professor Dr. Al-Fattah, a case that we see every day, and you give us your opinion about how to start the forbearance. We have a patient who is uh, 50 years old, presented with anterior myocardial infarction. He uh, unfortunately uh, arrived to the hospital very late after almost 16 uh, uh, hours. Uh, he went for a primary PCI, but his echo after uh, the procedure showed uh, a dilated left ventricular uh, uh, dimensions and impaired left ventricular function almost around 30%. The patient uh, in, the, in the CCU now, do you com re recommend starting all the four pillars uh, uh, during the, uh, the CCU admission or during the hospital stay or 
uh, we should wait at least for the first or the second day during the admission of such uh, patients. This is a very important question. Uh, this kind of patient are very uh, risky patient, are very vulnerable patient. Uh, the, the benefits, uh, the, the, the evidence on using the four pillars uh, is still very shaky and very early. For example, ARNI, uh, no benefit of starting ARNI too early if compared with ACE inhibitor uh, as evidenced by study. Uh, so you can use ACE inhibitor in this stage. You don't need to start ARNI too early. Equal, it's equal, okay. no benefit, no, no no further benefit of using ARNI on those patients. If you want to use ACE, use ACE, especially the drug that was tried was Ramipril, I think. Uh, for beta blocker, we use once the patient is uh, euvolemic, once the patient is, uh, is, is, is decongested, you can initiate beta blocker at a small dose, of course. Uh, MRA can be used as a predischarge decision. No problem with that. We have uh, we have good evidence about the FSS heart failure study, uh, post MI, and also we have new good evidence about the use of SGLT2 inhibitor post MI. So if the patient is uh, if the patient MI, I think if the patient is uh, a blood pressure and kidney function uh, is tolerating this medications prior to discharge. We do that. We send the patient to home on the four uh, medication, not the four pillar, because ARNI is not included. We use ARNI, to be honest. I am working in a very high tertiary care center, so uh, we use ARNI in this medication without any problem at all, uh, if the patient is tolerating. And for those patients, exactly, we uh, adjusted the dose of 25 milligram BID as a starting dose. So okay. usually those patients need more admission, more time for admission. Yani usually they need a kind of a week in the CCU and then okay. week in the step down. And in the step down time, use it to uptitrate these medications. It will be much, much better to uptitrate them during the step down admission, uh, much better than uh, introducing them in the outpatient. When the outpatient, you go to the medicine and the patient is going to go home. You don't know what's going with him. So if you okay. extend his admission one week more one week more in the step down like in the ward or in the intermediate care unit uh, high dependency unit uh, you're going to be more successful to introduce this medication than introducing it uh, uh, while he's at home okay okay thank you very much dr fatah this was a wonderful meeting and i hope we will uh, see you uh, again uh, we, i enjoy i really enjoyed the uh, your uh, high expertise and uh, i hope also our uh, listener and our watcher will also enjoy uh, this night meeting thank you very much and i thank you very very much for your time thank you dr fatah you're welcome Osama. thank you very much and sorry for the disturbance that happened early in the uh, recording and uh, hopefully, inshallah, see you again soon, bismillah.